Ending up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. It is October the 10th, 2022. This is going to be episode 278. It is a McKinney Monday. Before we get started, let me just remind you, like, share, comment, subscribe. All these things matter. I don't know what it is with the algorithm, but sometime uh, we're going to have to have a chat on how all this works. As I'm closing in at 30,000 listens, I appreciate that immensely. And those likes, the shares, the subscribes, the comments, they all help. They all matter. And sooner or later, I'm going to be able to start doing listener-inspired shows. Until then, we must go on. Okay, let me set the stage. As some of you may be aware, if you live in my hometown... Uh, that would be McKinney, Texas, and in case you're not quite up to speed here. And there is an elected official here that likes to go on social media on Mondays and kind of give a review of the week. He has a family member sitting with him a lot of times. And I got to say, in fairness, I could see where it's quite uh, fun and it's attractive to a lot of people to want to watch it. So I'm not going to I'm not going to touch base on that. I believe, by and large, they provide a valuable action or service by doing that. They they bring out things going on in the community. They talk about uh, different things of interest. Um, now, you could be jaundiced or mean and say that they have an interest in it. I don't know that that's the case. I'm not going to make that accusation. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say that, you know, they have a lot of friends and acquaintances that do a lot of different things in town here. And I have zero issue with you promoting that stuff. I think that's great. But what I kind of lost that is if you're going to do that, why would you then take that same programming to go after another elected official? Oh, I know, I know. Never by name. I think it's sad, really. I mean, I, I'm i all about calling people out when they do something wrong. I'm all about holding people accountable for bad behavior. I'm all about wanting different levels of government to be transparent and open about what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it. For instance... There are a number of events taking place in my city and, quite frankly, other places in this county that just don't make sense. Now, they would say, by they I mean the people in power, the the people that are our representatives, that they have notified us and they've done their due diligence and they've listened to the public. I know they're checking boxes. I know they're doing the bare minimum they need to do. If we just look into, for instance, the Tupps Brewery situation. Now, I don't drink beer. I I know, I know. Being from Milwaukee, I just, I don't drink beer. I like cider. I like an occasional mixed drink, but beer's not my thing. And while we're at it, I don't like wine either. So I don't drink either one of those. But I can see and understand why other people enjoy that. And when you have a brewery that's basically located in town, it's in everybody's best interest that their brewery is successful. And you want to encourage that brewery to expand and build. But at what point do we cross the line from encouraging to supplementing? 
or to subsidizing? There's the question, right? If you create such a situation where you're basically taking other people's money with or without their consent or approval and giving it to a private business so that they'll do certain things that you think are beneficial, at what point can we just call this what it is? They're reappropriating your personal funds. They're robbing from some group of people to give it to a different group of people. Now, I don't know the management at Tubbs Brewery. I, quite frankly, have nothing personal against them one way or the other. I'm sure they're good people. I'm sure that most of their investors are good people. But here's my question. If this was really a good thing and a good opportunity, why wouldn't, I don't know, the owners of the brewery pony up more of their own money? Why wouldn't they bring in more investors? Why is it that they're having to partner with the city to get something to where apparently both sides think they're going to win? And I'm sure if I were to go ask somebody that works for the city, they would think the city's going to get a good a good return on their investment. And that may be true. I don't fault the city for wanting to get a good return um, on their investment. But the fact is, it's not their money to be investing. It's our money. And they really didn't ask us about what they were doing. They just kind of told us this, what we're going to do. So, I mean, this goes along the same lines, right? These are friends of those in government. And they're partnering with their friends and private business. And they're creating a organization or an investment scheme whereabouts certain factions benefit from this. And it just kind of has an odor about it. Now, I'm sure everything is completely legal to the letter of the law. I'm sure that they've had multiple attorneys look it over so they're not violating any law. I am sure of this. So before anybody makes any accusations of doing anything illegal, I'm not. I am, however, questioning how this came about and why is this such a good idea? Now, I will put a little pin in for just a moment and say this kind of thing happens all the time in different cities. We've watched Frisco become quite masterful of it and the city of Allen's done a really good job of doing stuff like this too. So I'm not doing it to point fingers at any one individual or a group of individuals. I'm just questioning whether or not on the grand scheme of things, is it overall beneficial for a city to take money from the people that live in this city and invest it into a private business to where about the city sees some of that money back or gains something from it? But really and truly what it is, is it's the private owners of the business that are benefiting. This goes along the lines of picking winners and losers. So we've removed the pin and we're looking at the idea that the city of McKinney has decided that they're going to pick winners and losers. They're going to invest in certain companies with government money. It's a government uh, private business cooperative. And there's another word for this. And I'm going to use a word that has been misconstrued and thrown around within, without or with impunity. Well, just no restraint, right? The, Everybody uses it and they don't use it the correct way. But this is fascism. This is a definition of fascism whereupon the government and private industry come together to do certain things. 
Now we see this play out in ways that are somewhat beneficial on the local level, but we see it play out in ways that it's very anti-populist, anti-liberty on a grander scale. So we're going to bifurcate that, right? This is at the local level. This is at the very least benign, maybe, maybe slightly beneficial. But the real question is, is who's going to benefit? I think the Latin term is coi bueno, right? Bueno, 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 bono, coi bono, whatever. Basically, who benefits? Who wins? Now, if this really truly was a good investment, you would assume that there would be private investors wanting to take their money or the funds that they control and invest in this. But instead, the city has done it with funds that they have access to because we pay taxes. And they they spend it with the bare minimum of feedback and control from we the people. And I got to ask myself, if we question this or we look into this, what kind of names are we going to be called? What kind of terrible accusations are going to be thrown upon us? I mean, we see this play out multiple times over. And there was an ill-fated campaign about two years ago where they, they tried to run on this. They, they tried to make hay of this. And while some people were put aback by it, they bought the Pied Piper explanation, how this is going to be so much better for everybody. And this, this ties into the, the big network of the new city hall complex that's going to be built on the east side. Now, I fully approve of, I don't know, investing in the east side. Perhaps reinvesting would be a better term. Certainly uh, improving the situation over there because some things are less than stellar. Although I've always said that's the natural progression. As a city grows, the money goes to the outskirts of the city, the edge of the growth, because that's where the return is, allegedly. There's really no return on reinvesting in the center. And I'm not saying that because it has anything to do with who lives there or necessarily what's there. It's just it's an added expense that we can avoid if we just ignore the problem long enough. That's the way people think. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just a common occurrence. And we we have to quit pretending that that's not what's at play here. The money is going west. The money is going north. The money's even far east now, but in that little center section, <sighs> there's just not the money there. I mean, with the, let's call it the created situation whereupon we have a lack of space downtown. We have a shortage of of rental space or of office space downtown. It's been created by the expansion of city government and moving into the local buildings. And I wonder, the owners of those buildings where they're maybe making good money now, have they thought about what's going to happen when that new complex is open? All those city functions move into the new complex. We're going to have a glut of office space. And where are those investors going to be at then? You're overpaying for buildings right now, but two or three years from now, they may be not worth anything. I mean, it's a gamble. But again, if you're doing it with your own money, 
I don't fault you for it. It is a gamble. Every every investment, every stock purchase, every speculative move is a gamble. It's a chance to make money or break even and possibly even lose money. But the sad thing is about this is if you're able to take your losses and put that off on the public, that's not really the way a business is supposed to run. The business is supposed to have consequences for their bad decisions. The businesses and the private investors are supposed to take the loss when they make a bad choice. When that malinvestment comes true, they shift it over to we the people. So if something goes sideways with the brewery deal, and I'm not saying it will or it won't, but if it does, who gets left holding the bag? We the people do. Now at that point, Our mayor very well may have sailed off in the sunset and half of the city council. So there's not going to be any repercussions for them. Indeed, it's a possibility that some of the city staff will have retired or moved on as well. So there's really no repercussion for them. I mean, they got to put this little feather in their cap. We've done this nice thing downtown and how great we are. But where is the cost going to be factored in? And the fact of the matter is we don't know but we do. It's you and I, the people that live in the city of McKinney, the people that are taxed by the city of McKinney, we're going to pay that bill. And as we come into uh, 2023 in May, there's going to be another election for the city council members. Now, the newly minted city council member of Patrick Cloutier is up for re-election. From all that I've heard and observed, pretty solid guy. So I imagine he'll sell the re-election. That means there's going to be an open seat and another seat that is... I apologize for the dog difficulties. So we're going to have an open seat in District 2 and a probable re-election of Mr. Franklin in District 4. Now, whether or not that's what's best for the city, I don't know. I'm not going to comment in at this moment. I'm just pointing it out that we have an opportunity to fill one seat with a new person, no matter what, because it's an open seat. Then we're going to have two other seats, one of which I'm not sure we want to replace. I mean, the guy's been there less than a year, and like I said, I'm hearing good things. And the other guy, eh, I mean, he's there, but I'm not sure what he's doing of any consequence other than had in his resume and i mean they say city council service and i agree it is i i i when i ran i that's exactly how i looked at it. it was a way to serve my community so i i don't fault anybody for doing that but what i expect is somebody that's doing it is going to be active in doing certain things oh i know i know i'm going to be told oh you're bitter you're complaining whatever no no i mean i know that the active members of our city council and our school board go to a lot of events. They go get their picture taken. They shake a few hands. They they do the obligatory stuff. And I don't fault any of them for that. I know it's a, it's a responsibility and it's a consequence of running for that office. So in that regard, it's a job they took on. And, and I take it seriously. And I know that most of them do too. So I, I don't, I don't slight them for that. But what I but a question is is if you're going to sit on the city council, it would be nice to see original thoughts. It would be nice to see questions to the status quo. I expect the same thing out of the school board, and, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. And I I'm not dismissing 
anybody's contribution because I know there's a lot involved with it. But when you're when you're on a council or on a board, the idea is you're supposed to have a conversation. You're supposed to talk things through. You're supposed to look at things a different way, not just rubber stamp what leadership wants, not just go along to get along. And I'm not sure that we see anything but that at the local level. And I mean, it's not unique to McKinney. I, I don't have any special need to create battle royales with the school board or the city council. I would love nothing more than to go home at night and say, wow, they're doing a great job. I'm really glad that we have those people on that board. And I really, I just check in on them once in a while and they're doing a okay. But that's not really what we've got. It's, it's like you look at around and you have to investigate to find out what's going on. One example, we were supposed to have redistrict the city council districts. To my knowledge, that's not been done yet. I think it was supposed to have been brought up in October. So presumably this month we'll know what the new districts are. That doesn't give anybody a lot of time if they want to run. Although the paperwork, you can't file it until never, November. Excuse me, November. However, if you're wanting to run a campaign, you're going to need a little more than six months. Just saying. I mean, people running for school board have been up and running for well over a month now. I mean, it, it needs to be done. You have to do the groundwork. I mean, I know there are anointed candidates. I know there are incumbents. I know there's always a game at foot. But does that mean they're actually representing us then? I would suggest to you that no, that is not the case. I mean, and again, it's not just McKinney. You look at Frisco. You look at Plano. You look at Allen. Well, maybe less Allen now because we the people has really been doing a great job down there pushing pushing back but certainly and then you look at some of the stuff in these little towns that surround us how did that stuff happen you get a couple of well-placed agitators you fund them and suddenly they win races they ought not win and they start to do all sorts of things that people don't actually approve of in those little towns but they don't have a unified front to fight back now we've talked about this at some Something more than once in a while on this podcast. You have to fight your battles at the local level. You have to show up. You have to be interested. I don't have the bandwidth to go to every school board meeting and every city council meeting. I count on people I know that are going there and are paying attention or looking at what's happening. But even then, that's just McKinney. We still have to deal with Allen, Frisco, Plano, and every other little city around us, whether it's Wiley, Saxey, Salina, uh, Prosper, uh, Anna, Melissa, Princeton, Farmersville. I mean, and those are just the ones I could think of off the top of my head. I'm not even getting into, you know, Weston and all the other stuff. There are a lot of little rural towns out there and stuff goes on and it's like, how do we miss this stuff happening? I mean, Levon, I mean, what, what's going on in Levon? Does anybody know? They'd say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, Levon's up and growing and the, and the city council members there, the school board members there might be a state rep at some point in the future. We probably ought to be paying attention. We probably ought to invest a little bit of our time. We ought to be interested in our local governments because local governments are ground zero to tyranny. Just think about that for a minute. 
The governor can shut down the state, but he doesn't have the means to enforce it. It had to be enforced at either the county or the city level. Now, fortunately, in Collin County, our county leadership didn't want any part of that. They uh, they said, well, you know, fine, we're, we're going to we're going to play along for this week and a half to two weeks. So we're not really sure what's going on and we're not going to oppose you. But after that, they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to play along here. We're out. But the little cities all around here just played along and they went along. They, it was only until a dedicated few people that said, this is garbage. We know it's garbage and we're going to go out and we're going to live our lives and we're going to keep doing our things. That's when that stuff ended. That's when we moved on. Now, you can't fault somebody that's in city government for following the governor's lead because, you know, we kind of get money from the state and they, they kind of control what we do in the city. But if the state's wrong, which the state doesn't have the authority, they took it, they abused it, but they don't really have that authority. The city could have just said, yeah, we're not going to enforce that. But they didn't. They went along with it. It wasn't until we said, yeah, we're we're done that, that, that it changed. The opportunity to fight back against tyranny and abuse of power is right here at the local level. Now, I'm going to tell you that I don't really have a whole lot of faith in most of the city councils around here, particularly my own city council. But I'm not singling them out because Frisco and Plano and Allen were really no different. They didn't really push back. Not initially, at least. I mean, it takes a little bit of effort, a little bit of courage to say, well, that's fine. You can issue your decree, but that's not right. You don't have the authority to do that. And honestly, if I'm going to hold fault over anybody, it's going to be the churches and the pastors that lead those churches that went along and played along like they were doing us a good service. They weren't. They were Weak sister sauce is what they were. They're supposed to be salt and light, and they weren't very much light and hardly any salt. We, I, I don't understand why we accept that and why we continue to follow that. It's just it's a very, very sad stain on our history. The last two years are an embarrassment to what was once the great United States. And even in Texas, we went along with this nonsense. And I don't understand why anybody would just pretend that didn't happen. Dog detail once again, I do apologize. As I was saying, time and time again, and I feel like I'm a bit of a broken record on this. Your local towns, your local cities, your your school boards, your local community. And many of those communities are in part based upon churches. They did nothing. Nothing. In fact, some cities to the south of us, Dallas went so far as to arrest people for trying to protect themselves, for trying to live their lives. But fortunately, the rest of us saw what was going on and continued on with our lives, and they couldn't arrest us all. They couldn't punish us all. So when you watch and you see what happens in the city council chambers, when you watch and you see what happens in these school board districts and they meet and they talk about what they're going to do and they ignore the people that are there that they're supposed to be serving, 
We have to call them out on that. We have to remind them they work for us. We have to stand there and bear witness. Now, I got to say this, and I, and I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We have to be polite. We have to show respect and restraint. And we have to be the bigger person. We just do. There's not an excuse to call people names and curse and make a scene. But you got to call them out. You got to remind them. I'm going to bring this back home to McKinney now. I've gone all down this path just to go back to one thing. When you get called out, when somebody in leadership, when somebody in a position of authority calls you out and says that you're wrong, says that you're interfering with whatever, they forget who they're working for. We, the people, have the right to be heard. We, the people, are the ones that empower government to do those things. We, the people, have fundamental rights and a fundamental desire to be heard and considered when these decisions are being made. So I'm going to ask you, if you haven't been paying attention and you don't know what's going on, and if you see an elected official, whomever they are, whatever position they're to have, calling out another person, before you assume that one side's right or wrong, don't you owe it to yourself to find out a little bit more about that situation? Don't you owe it to your family to understand the issue that's at end? So, I will bring it back. I believe that the McKinney ISD, the school board that runs it, has not been doing a good job. And the reason why I don't believe they're doing a good job is they've had a year to solve what should be a rather simple situation. And they've ignored it. They've pushed back about it. They've thrown out platitudes. They've chastised people, but they haven't addressed the issue. And honestly, it's a very simple solution. It's not that difficult. But they string it out and they abuse it. And they go after a member of the school board that actually has the audacity to question the primary directive, which apparently is to protect the district at all costs. Which is apparently to support the superintendent no matter what. Which is apparently we don't care about the parents and the students that we work for. We care about what we're going to do and whatever we want to do. So that leads me to the question. Do you know what's going on? Now, I know there's one side that says <laughs> all sorts of crazy stuff from we want uh, theocracy. We're book burners. We're fascists. We're Nazis. We're this. We're that. And then there's the other group that is just tired of being abused and has taken to reading passages from smut books, has taken umbrage on the fact that there are books and teachings within the district that basically say that it's okay to dislike or hate somebody because of who their parents are. Now, we spent the better part of 200 years dealing with that the first go-round. Why in the world would we reintroduce that? And it doesn't matter which way that gun is pointed, but why would we reintroduce that as a solution or a good thing? 
Nobody has an answer for that. Oh, they tell us, well, we don't teach CRT. No, no, no. There's not a textbook that says that. There's maybe not a paragraph listed out in some textbook, but it's taught through praxeology. It's taught through the actions taken when communicating or demonstrating the materials. We don't teach about pornographic things. We don't do any grooming. No, no, but we put the materials in there. We protect those people and we affirm their their mental problems. I don't say that to be mean. I, I just, I don't know another way to define it. If somebody's questioning something, if somebody is hurt, somebody's broken, somebody's not sure about who they are and what they are and how they think, you don't take advantage of that. You try and help them. And helping them isn't to play along with whatever their disorder is. Now, I know, I know the AMA has come out and redefined what a disorder is. But this is stuff that we should be able to take care of. These are people's children. And for years, we've been told that oh, the children are the most important thing. We have to do what we can to protect them. And yet, that's not what's going on. We're all supposed to center and come around the idea that we're all on the same team and we want to protect our children. And and a good number of people checked out and believed that even though we might disagree on a political issue or a different thing, we were all wanting the same things. But in that time period that a section of those people had checked out and trusted people and authority, they have infested the very organization that was supposed to be helping them and they entrusted their kids to. And now they're very upset. And they're the ones that are being called out and called names and being treated poorly. I don't want that for my children. I don't want that for my grandchildren. That's what they're saying. They just want do the basic things that you're supposed to do and you don't do that. And when you call them out on that, you get called names. You get told you're terrible people. <sighs> this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not what we signed up for, but this is where we are, which means that when we show up, we have to show up prepared for battle. The other side has already taken the hill. We have to repel them. We have to push them back. That means we have to be willing to take the blows. We have to be willing to take those arrows. That means we have to be made of thicker stuff, of sterner stuff. We have to be willing to stand strong. So the question is, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to show up at a city council meeting? Are you willing to show up at a school board meeting? Are you willing just to watch? Are you willing to take notes? Are you willing to be concerned about what's going on? If not for your own children or your grandchildren, but your neighbors, your cousins, are you willing to put in that little bit of effort? Because if you're not, I can't help you. If you're not, this is all for naught. This is where it matters right now at the local level. And I'm telling you, in McKinney, it matters. In McKinney, this Monday, it matters. It's time to put on your boots and get to work. And with that, this was episode 278. And until tomorrow, I'll see you on the other side.